0: Hello, this is Jean MacDonald, The Midlife Woman's Friend, and I'm taking a break from my usual work of supporting and encouraging midlife women through their midlife transition. I want to do this so I can make some comments on the COVID-19 situation and its short and long-term likely effects. The world is only just beginning to wake up to the fact that in Western societies at least, Our lives will never be the same again. I call this series my Pattern Interrupt series. Hello, this is Jean MacDonald, and this is the sixth episode in my series called Pattern Interrupt about the immediate and long-term effects of the COVID-19 situation and the lockdown. In the last episode, I predicted a collapse or drastic reduction in what I call the money merry-go-round and the ability of government to provide its previous levels of financial support. What they're most likely to do is encourage moves towards a self-help community support society to fill those gaps. Once the financial and money manipulation structure collapses and if we reduce our expectations from the consumer economy, most of us could stay at home most of the time. The world would still continue functioning, and nobody would starve. If we could simplify our economy to just produce what we need to eat and live, and have simple means of exchange, we could probably need to do no more than one day of productive work a week. We could then choose whether to do nothing, or maybe we could find something useful to do, as my father used to say. But in this case, the useful things to do are to benefit our society. We would be free to spend time and energy contributing to solve the many things that are wrong in our society, such as looking after the elderly and infirm, teaching the ill-educated, empowering the disadvantaged, and equipping the criminal to do better in our society. So much of our environment needs attention too, both at the local and climatic level. Many, many people would want to help with this if they had the time and money freedom to do so. In the past, we probably justified the way we lived by saying that was the way everybody lived, and we have no choice. We may say economic necessity drove us. But it is the frantic consumer economy which we have lived in that feeds the engine that drives the money merry-go-round. But now, the money merry-go-round has stopped we've got off. And that means we do have a choice whether to get back on or not. We don't have to buy back into it. The good thing is we don't have to do anything criminal about it. We don't have to join a rent strike or refuse to make repayments to the money merry-go-round. With the drastically reduced income we have from government or our previous employers, we will not have the money to make the payments. Who could be expected to make those payments at the expense of feeding our children or ourselves? All we need to do is carry on as we are and wait to see what the money machine tries to do about it. The big question is, will government support the money machine or the citizens? An interesting aspect of the COVID-19 crisis is that Western European governments have given a high priority to preserving human life than economic and financial viability. They previously allowed people to die on the streets from hunger, abuse, and neglect, rather than make resources available to save them. Is this change something that will be maintained? We should demand that it is. Making these major changes in our society will require leadership from outside and inside the political system. It's interesting to see how some of the most measured and effective government actions to control the virus have been in countries led by women. We can see this in Germany, Scandinavia, and New Zealand. Now, we shouldn't make the exclusive issue that only women can get it right, but it is a sign of the move in our society towards the feminine, and an indication of the path we should follow. In a society trying to get back to a simpler, more civilized life for its citizens, practical measures and common sense will be required. Generally, these come more frequently and readily from women. There was a book published in 1996 called Who Moved My Cheese? It was a parable about two mice and two people who lived in a maze and went every day to the same place to collect cheese to live on. They failed to notice that the cheese was getting staler and less of it. One day there was no more cheese. All were surprised and shocked. The mice quickly scurried off to look for more cheese elsewhere. The humans, however, called Hem and Haw, were much slower to react than the mice. They got angry and cried, but it didn't make any difference. Then Haw sets out to find another source of cheese. Eventually, after some adventures and disappointments, he finds a better source of cheese with new flavors. He goes back excitedly to tell Hem. But Hem refuses to move, insisting it's unfair. There is no more cheese in the old place. The story is gender neutral. However, I would suggest that in all probability, Hem is a man and Haw is a woman. This is because women are more willing to adapt and try something new when the chips are down. I remember meeting a lady some years ago who was working on a government-backed scheme to help people in the mining villages of South Yorkshire to start businesses to support themselves after the pit closures. I was shocked to learn that the only people who were taking advantage of this scheme were the women. I guess the men could still not accept that their jobs as miners had gone. Don't get me wrong, I have great respect for coal miners and the very tough job they did. However, it would seem that they had so much of their identity and self-respect tied up with being a minor, they could not bring themselves to consider doing anything else. I regret to say that I can foresee this happening to a lot of men in high-status jobs in the coming financial crisis. They have so much identity and ego tied up in their executive or management roles and status, they'll not be able to adjust. They will not be able to face up to doing or even looking for what they would consider more menial work. As a result, they won't work at all. The women will be like whore and start looking for new sources of cheese. Midlife women are much more employable than midlife men and are much more effective and efficient. So they are likely to become the main income earner. The new commercial order that will replace this one should recognize and value the skill and experience of working women. Provided employers recognize the need for flexible hours and appropriate working conditions, they'll have a willing and loyal workforce. And the chances of this happening are good because many of these new employers will themselves be women. Women bring other strengths. They cooperate and collaborate much more readily to solve problems and get things done than men. They're willing to listen to others and use feminine strength to do what has to be done. Femininity has been discredited, mostly by men, as being weak and ineffective. They are about to learn otherwise. Apparently, Margaret Thatcher said, if I want something talked about, I'll ask a man. If I want something done, I will ask a woman. The future will be much more of a self-help society, because national and local governments will not have the revenue to pay for the elaborate structures that are supposed to provide social care today. We can see women's influence in growing community awareness and a drive to improve conditions for all. We can see examples of community action groups springing up all over the place in the COVID-19 crisis, despite the need for social distancing. I like the slogan, the future will be feminine, but good men can play too. That movement will be led by midlife women who have the energy, drive and skills and experience to do it. I believe they won't have to wait for anyone to give them permission. They'll just get on and do it. As I come to the end of the series, I have to repeat that these predictions are just my opinions. They're based on my observations over many years of the way our society works and how people are capable of responding. Maybe they will only prove to be partly true, in which case you will at least recognize some of what is happening when it happens. Remember the phrase, every disaster contains the seeds of greater benefit. Every disaster contains the seeds of greater benefit. But the seeds are still only opportunities. It will be up to us to grab those opportunities and turn them into greater benefit. Thank you for listening to this series. And I hope you find what I have said will be useful both now and into the future. Well, here we are at the end of these six episodes for the Pad Interrupt series. Thank you for bearing with my rough post-COVID-19 voice, which as you can hear, hasn't completely gone. When I started this series a few weeks ago, I had a little idea where we were going. It unraveled all the way to this last episode, and even I was shocked at some of my predictions in the earlier episodes. I may be wrong, but isn't it better to be aware of the possibilities and be able to take precautions and prepare if we see things going that way? You may well ask, will there be any more pattern interrupt podcasts? Well, I don't know. It depends what happens. If you want to keep track of me and my views about midlife women and about the evolving post-COVID-19 situation, then I suggest you keep an eye on the Midlife Women Conversations podcast page on Buzzsprout. Alternatively, to know more about the New Midlife Woman community, visit our Facebook page, New Midlife Woman. And from there, you can go to join the Facebook group, the New Midlife Woman community. You'll find both links on the Bus route page as part of the show notes at the start of each episode. I hope to talk to you again soon and maybe even meet one day. Meanwhile, this is Jean MacDonald, the Midlife Woman's friend, signing off for now. Bye.